0: This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato And now we're going to talk about one of the summer's biggest blockbusters, a film called Nope. The new film is by Jordan Peele. It's now out for rent on digital. And just a heads up, this conversation will contain a lot of spoilers for the film. You have been warned. Bro, what'd you see? Something above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. Nope has elements of a lot of UFO films. There's a bit of close encounter Spielbergness, a bit of the War of the Worlds horror and destruction. The big twist, and here's the main spoiler alert it's not a UFO that's hanging out in the skies above our main characters. The saucer shaped figure is itself the alien. And Jordan Peele, the writer and director, attributes much of the inspiration for the alien as coming from sea creatures. That will become evident in a moment when I introduce my guest. Joining me to discuss creating a brand new creature to scare audiences is marine biologist Kelsey Rutledge, scientific consultant for the film NOPE and PhD candidate at UCLA in Los Angeles. Welcome to Science Friday.
1: Hi, Ira. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: Well, it's so nice to have you. And I've got to say that in all the movies we've ever discussed on the show, I've never had to give away the spoilers so early (laughs) in our conversation. But let's get into it because it's a great film. As a scientific consultant for the creatures, you had a very unique role in creating a brand new creature. Let's talk about what it looks like. Give us a brief description of it in the film.
1: Definitely. So this creature has two main forms. So there's the saucer form and there's the unfurled form. And the saucer form looks like an alien spaceship or the UAP, as Angel in the movie calls it. And it looks very mechanical from afar. But then later on, we see that there's actually, you know, many subtle details that make it more animal-like. And then for the unfurled form, the creature unfurls to reveal this beautiful kind of sail-like structure. So it kind of has this mainsail that looks like its head and then these very dynamic pulley-like systems that control that sail. And then in the middle of that structure is its very ominous-looking square eye.
0: You as a marine biologist, did Jordan Peele seek your advice on how to construct that creature?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Jordan had a clear vision for certain elements and things he wanted um, for how the creature looked, but he wanted to really draw from nature and different um, animals for inspiration. So I helped provide inspiration for different animals that he could use when creating the Mm -hmm. creature.
0: Let's talk about the the alien having these two forms. As you said, it's saucer-shaped, which is for most of the movie, and then it It's more unfurled shape it turns into at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was looking at that, I was thinking of marine creatures, more like a a (laughs) jellyfish or something like that. Is that what you had in your head?
1: Yes, definitely. So jellyfish and other cephalopods like squid and octopus were really big inspirations for the creature and how it moves and it flies. Jordan for the unfurled shape. He really wanted to create something that was really hard for the characters to look away from. So he described it as um, peacocking, so trying to get the characters' attention because if you looked at it for too long, you know it would eat you. But there was many deep sea creatures that inspired that shape.
0: And the creature hides in the cloud, right?
1: Yes, yes. So the creature has this really amazing kind of camouflage ability that's actually based on cephalopods as well, so like cuttlefish. Um, they have these color-changing pigment cells called chromatophores. It can blend into any background. So the creature actually blends in to look like a cloud. And it also kind of goes to a specific region in the sky, it's like its homing base, like a cave like area.
0: You know, when I, when I saw that cloud after we, we see it in the movie and we find out that the creature hides in the cloud, I'm saying maybe the creature... It becomes the cloud, Mm -hmm. you know, like the cephalopods have the ability to change shapes, like the octopus can sit there and become a rock and then something else.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. So they have this amazing camouflage ability that scientists don't really understand how it works completely.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And for the saucer shape, what sea creature is that based on?
1: Yeah. So the saucer shape was actually directly modeled after a sand dollar. Um, So sand dollars kind of have these ridges. They're not, you know, perfectly spherical And they have this kind of notch on the front, too, that um, Jean Jacket also has in its saucer form. And then on the underside is its mouth, similar to Jean Jacket.
0: We should say that Jean Jacket is the name that the characters give the alien. Why, Why is it so different than the name you gave it?
1: Yes. So jean jacket is the common name. So in humans, you know, our common name would be just humans or the great white shark or the bald eagle. But then the scientific name is a two-part name that scientists use that we can use it all across the world with no confusion. And it has to follow specific rules and it has to be Latinized. So that would be like Homo sapien.
0: And you gave a scientific name to this creature, did you not?
1: Yes. So when you discover a new species to science, you have to give it a name. So, the scientific name we gave for this creature is Oculonimbus Edoequus, which is Latin and it translates to hidden dark cloud stallion eater. Wow. So, kind of ominous sounding, but it's a Latin name and has to follow the rules of biological nomenclature. So, there's all these rules you have to follow when you're naming a new species. And we also gave it lots of other names as well. So, You may have heard like the kingdoms of life. There's the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, and that below that level of hierarchy is phylum, class, order, family, genus, and then species. So for humans, you know, we're in kingdom animalia, and then we go down to homo sapien. And so for each of those levels, you know, we have to follow specific rules um, for naming something new. It has to be Latinized. It has to have a certain ending. So I created different names for all those different categories as well.
0: Any idea what this creature could be related to in, in that naming process?
1: Oh, yeah. So there is lots of different um, creatures. Of course, you know, my preference is a lot of marine animals, but um, one of the class, the class is oblatozoa, which comes from this Latin word oblatus and zeon, meaning oblate shaped animal. So oblate means like flattened at the ends, which describes this saucer form of jean jacket. And so there's a- another class that exists. In the animal kingdom, that's Skyphozoa, so that kind of parallels um, that.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's a really horrifying scene about halfway through the film where the alien sucks up a bunch of people who have gathered to see it, and when then we get a shot, I I, I can't say I've seen in movies before, a (laughs) shot inside the creature and how it digests its prey. It's really creepy and impactful, And, and is that also derived from sea creatures?
1: Yes. Yeah, so sea creatures and birds actually. So the digestive system, the anatomy looks very similar to um, a giant larvation, which is this really weird deep sea creature with this labyrinth-like internal anatomy. Um, but that digestive system is very similar to birds. So we'll actually describe this um, later on in some of the bonus materials we'll talk about. But um, birds actually swallow their prey whole. So it travels down the esophagus, which expands and contracts, and then it continues on um, past the stomach and into this organ called the gizzard. And the gizzard essentially functions as the teeth of the bird. And so this is where the mechanical crushing takes place. And birds will also swallow grit and rocks to help kind of break up this material in its gizzard. And Jean Jacket also swallows all these non-biological items that will eventually help it digest.
0: (laughs) Uh, that explains that. Thank you for explaining all that stuff it spits out at the end. Yeah, like wheelchairs having, and nickels. <laughs> having to do with uh, with digestion, and and there's another connection to the birds with this creature in that uh, as it's eating them, there's there's a sound that they're making, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's this scary kind of noise that the creature makes as well, which is actually just slowed down bird calls. So <laughs> kind of its roar.
0: There's a scene toward the end with the creature is out there and it's displaying this big either rectangle or square thing. What is that?
1: Yeah, so that's actually the eye of the creature. So um, Jordan really wanted a square eye. That was something that he thought would be really unique. And so octopuses actually have square shaped pupils. So that was um, part of the inspiration for this square shaped eyeball.
0: Because I couldn't understand whether it was looking at me or sizing me up to eat me. (laughs) (laughs) I think both. (laughs) (laughs) If you watch Nope, you you know that it is part horror film and Jean Jacket is quite scary. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you don't find the creatures this alien was based on to be scary in the oceans, do you?
1: Not not particularly, I think I don't find many animals super scary um, because like this creature in the movie you know most animals aren't killing machines so if we take the time to understand the natural rules you know that an animal abides by then and respect those rules then we're unlikely to get hurt by these animals
0: and do you think that's one of the themes of the film is understanding and giving respect to these other kinds of animals there were horses there there was the the creature, giving them the respect that they like and deserve?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, That was definitely at least a theme that I I saw, essentially respecting these animals and learning kind of the rules they abide by. Yeah. Um, I think it was definitely a theme.
0: You know, if the creatures this alien is based on usually live in the sea, could you not think of the sky in the film, which is, right, is a central character, the sky itself, as sort of an ocean above instead of below us? you know, where there's this ocean of an animal living in.
1: Yeah, definitely. So an animal that lives exclusively in the sky, you know, is very unique um, and unexplored, similar to the ocean.
0: Could there be creatures like this one living in uncharted parts of our oceans? I mean, right? We have explored so little of our sea life. Could there be giant, uh, mysterious creatures (laughs) like this still living down there?
1: Um, possibly. I mean, there's lots to still explore. I think um, larger animals are kind of less of a possibility because scientists, as scientists, we would kind of see some sort of signal likely, but you know, there's new species being discovered every day.
0: And you discovered a species of your own, a named one. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. So I discovered a new species of guitarfish, which is a type of ray, like a stingray, but it doesn't have a stinger. Um, It's this unique looking fish that kind of looks like the intermediate form between a shark and a ray. Um, It's an endangered group of animals, and I discovered it in 2019, and I got to name it as well.
0: That's cool. And speaking of naming and discovering, I understand that there's going to be like a faux research paper about this species published. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yes, so I'm super excited about this. Um, this is probably my largest contribution, but I'm writing the entire scientific manuscript to debut this new creature. So when you describe a new creature to science, a new species, you have to prove it to the scientific community. So that consists of writing up a whole manuscript and getting it published and going through the peer review process. So we're writing a whole mock scientific manuscript where we replicate the entire scientific process of describing this creature, you know, with the same accuracy and level of detail as I would do for a real animal.
0: (laughs) And where will you publish it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> so we're going to um, fake publish it in one of the top journals in um, the U.S., which is called Nature. Um, so we're going to kind of have the cover look like it's published in one of these top journals. And then it's going to be like a physical kind of coffee table book magazine that you can hold and read wow. through.
0: Too bad it's not near April 1st and you could get it really placed in.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a, a, a magazine. But, but people are taking this seriously enough to go along with this and the idea of of naming this as a species and publishing it?
1: Yeah, I think this whole process is extremely unique um, and creative for the whole NOPE team to want to replicate, you know, this entire scientific process. So I think it will give, you know, a different perspective to the readers to try and understand, you know, what goes into describing a new species. And, you know, really just describing every aspect will be a really cool read.
0: I'm Ira Flato. This is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. In case you're just joining us, we're talking to Kelsey Rutledge, scientific consultant for the movie NOPE, based in Los Angeles. Did Jordan Peele ask you to do something with the species that you really did not or could not want to do in such a way that would be too far out? Or did he really say, give me how the creature would really act?
1: There were certain things that they were really hoping for, Um, For example, the square eyeball, um, which when he had spoken with other scientific consultants, they're like, well, this, you know, isn't super plausible. And I was like, well, maybe not a square eyeball, but, you know, octopuses do have a square shaped pupil. And so that's like very similar to what you're hoping for. And he's like, okay, perfect. You know, that's good enough for me. This is what I wanted. And we've got, you know, that justification.
0: (laughs) Does the creature... Give warnings like other creatures might if, they, if they're if they coming upon prey and, or get fearful or not know what it is and try to defend itself first?
1: Yeah, I think you can see in the way it moves and kind of flies away, it kind of darts and moves in this kind of very animal-like um, motion. It also, when you get the close-up image of the eye and kind of this Feather like motion, kind of entrancing you <laughs> with the eyeball as well. It's kind of analyzing you. But Jordan really wanted the creature to kind of have a, a look at me aspect. So he, the creature specifically wants to get, you know, the character's attention yeah. so that it can then eat them. <laughs> you know,
0: the sort of the, the, the movie sort of is left unresolved at the end. Do you think there's a sequel? That could come after this one.
1: <laughs> well, I haven't asked him, so I definitely am not sure. I feel like I would love for there to be a sequel because I would love to be consulted again. But I'm not I'm not sure. I feel like the kind of sequel will be the manuscript coming afterwards where we say, Oh, we reached out, you know, the animal died, scientists, you know, went to analyze it. And then we published this scientific manuscript and here's the next stage.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about what you just said. You said, I was really excited to work on this and I wish I could work on another one. (laughs) Tell me about that excitement.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was just extremely honored to be involved. I think as you know, I've been in science, I never expected that I'd be working with Hollywood on something, but it's just been an amazing experience. And I really hope to do it again sometime. But I just really admire the, the whole team for creating a creature with science in mind.
0: And they were very they were very eager to cooperate with you and get the science right as much as you can in a science fiction movie,
1: definitely. Yeah. So as a scientist, when you go to the movies sometimes and you watch a scene, you're like, "Oh gosh, you know, that wasn't realistic at all." But this was the exact opposite of what I felt about Nope. So they did a great job making it um realistic and unique and new and scary. But, you know, there's still a little bit of magic in there.
0: <laughs> I want to thank you, Kelsey, for your work on the film and uh, all the spoilers we got through. I can blame it on you instead of me now. So thank you for for taking time to be with us today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Marine biologist Kelsey Rutledge, scientific consultant for the film Nope and PhD candidate at UCLA in LA.